Wow, what an awesome place to be today. When you step aside and allow God to have his way, it's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Y'all getting married this weekend, aren't you? Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about it at the airport. Yeah, you hope so? I heard about it at the airport yesterday. And I said, there's a wedding next week? No, I was teasing. No, I'm just carrying on. I, uh, I'm excited about it and excited what, what God is, uh, is doing. I got to go out and, and, and see where they're going to live, and, and uh, we got to pray over the, uh, the area. Uh, one of the things that, that I encourage you to, to, to do over your property there is, uh, in, in, in your place where you're living is to, to, to say, I'm blessed, and to say this property is blessed, and uh, because it is and uh, we glorify you, Jesus. We just praise you, God. Praise you, God, for what you're doing uh, here today in people's lives. And we give you praise and we worship you, Lord. I thank you that the gates of hell shall not prevail against us today. And, Lord, we give you glory and we give you honor because it is in the name of Jesus that we ask these things. I am preaching a message today uh, that I believe uh, is uh, uh, a, a spinoff of what happened here on Tuesday evening. We rehearsed on Tuesday evening. Uh, our worship team comes in at 6.30, and, uh, and I encourage you to pray for our worship team as we rehearse during that time uh, that we obey God and we pick, you know, pick the songs that he wants us to pick. But not only that, but uh, Sandy was singing the song that we sang today, uh, and she got to the end of the note and I hit the last note on the piano, and I don't know, three, four minutes, nobody said a word. Nobody said a word on the platform. It was just, I lifted my hands and began to worship, and, and it's just like, uh, it's like, it was like we had a divine visitation. A divine visitation. You know, you can have a divine visitation at 70 miles an hour in your car. You can have a divine visitation uh, in your bedroom. You can have a divine visitation uh, at the dinner table, you know, because God is with you. See, people get it all wrong. They, they think that we get up and we go to church in the mornings on Sunday. No, the church goes to the building because you are the church and we are the church and we are the bride of Christ. And so as we talk about a divine visitation, it is when God visits and supernatural breakthroughs happen. Think of that. When you think of that, a divine visitation is when God visits us and, and a supernatural breakthrough happens. God doesn't go anywhere that he is not welcome. Think about that. God doesn't go anywhere that he is not welcome. If you don't want him, he will not push himself onto you. That's why I think that heaven is so grand and, and people ask me all the time they say well you know if, if heaven is so good then why do I go through this or why do I go through that and, and here's the thing God doesn't want anyone in heaven that doesn't want to be there think of that he wants everyone in heaven he does but if you don't want to be there he's not going to put pressure on you to go but he's speaking to us today divine visitations should not be considered um, an exception but an expectation. It, sh it shouldn't be an ex exception to the rule. And, and many churches will say this. They'll say, well, God showed up on Sunday morning and, 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 the, and it was so good the preacher didn't even preach. 
I don't know quite how to take that, but when you think about that, it's like that, that expectation, that supernatural transformation that God uh, that does with us and the supernatural breakthroughs that happen. That's what God is after and what God is pursuing today with inside of us. You know, many years ago, there was a, and I encourage you to be careful because I believe in the prophetic, but I also believe that there is a false prophetic that we have to be very careful about. And so we need to be careful through that process of when, when you have a word for somebody to make sure that it is God, to make sure that I'm involved, to make sure that when that word is given, that, uh, that God is all over that word. And you say, well, what is a prophetic word? Well, when you have a prophetic word for somebody, that means that you're giving somebody a word from heaven uh, to help confirm something that they know. To help them to confirm something that they know. <laughs> I remember being in a place called Tyanesta, Pennsylvania back years ago. It was an eight-hour drive, and I would go up once a month, and I would, I would preach for uh, uh, Pastor Wells, um, and he was the NASCAR chaplain to dirt track, and, uh, and, and he would go out on the circuit, and I would come up, and I would preach for him, and, and a, a lady came to me uh, in the prayer line that morning, and she said, she, and she said will you just pray whatever God, and, and tell me whatever God says about me? And it's like you're talking about putting God on the spot or putting me on the spot. I said, okay, let me pray. I encourage you. Let me give you a lesson here. Learn this from Pastor Keith Cobb from the Perot uh, Evangelical Presbyterian Church in Cross Lanes. He told me this one time uh, in a prayer line in South America. He said, he said, don't be so quick to pray, but be so timid to listen to see what the Holy Spirit is saying before you pray. So I said, okay. I said, let me pray for you. And I began to just, uh, I said, is it okay? And I always ask permission. Uh, if, if you can, if you have a leading, and I just put my hand on her. And I said, I said let me ask you something. I said, I said, the Lord tells me that your job situation is going to work out. And she looks at me, and she said, I was fired on Friday. This was Sunday. Isn't it amazing that he would send an old West Virginia boy to a place called Tyanesta, Pennsylvania, way up close to New York, where it snows and people still go to church for a word as simplistic as that. See, God speaks to us all the time, and he's talking to us, and he's sharing things with us. But we allow our lives and allow the waves, instead of dancing on them, we let them pound us. And we can't let them pound us. We can't let those waves pound on us. And, and when we're letting those waves pound on us, that means we're in charge, and God doesn't want us in charge. A prophetic words are to fulfill Seasons are shifted, and new things are brought in your life. I said to you last week that when we, there is nothing new under the sun, but sometimes 
our seasons are just like in, in West Virginia. We're about the shift in the seasons. I, I don't know. We were driving up 79 this morning, and you could just see a few <laughs> of the top of the trees that are beginning to shift. See, it's, it's beginning to shift. Sometimes there is a time and a season of dying. Then sometimes there is a season of growth. Sometimes there is a season of opportunity. But it all comes through divine visitation. In Galatians chapter 21, 1 through 3, and the Lord said to Sarah, and he said, and he said to her, the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. See, there's a word, just like with Alexa. There was a word that came from God. There was a word that came from him, sitting back there. And there was a word. See, Jesus. Jesus knows how to, to get through the doors of the church. Why? Because he never leaves. And he tells Sarah, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at a set time for which God had spoken to him. See, God spoke a promise. See, God is speaking promises to you and to me. And he's given us visions. And he wants us to dream dreams. And he wants us to dream big. He doesn't want us to dream crazy, but dream, dream big on what he wants to do within your life. I'm 51 years old and I still have huge dreams and visions of what God wants to do. He spoke a word to Abraham. Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him. The womb bare to him Isaac. His name means laughter. The vision of God broke the season of barrenness in Sarah's life. The word will break the yoke of bondage. The word will change the long season of barrenness in your life. I don't like winter time. I don't like it. I don't like cold weather. The other day, I was in Aldi's down in Taze Valley, and I had, you ever know that sometimes the food, they have these gravity-fed things, and sometimes the food uh, doesn't feed like it's supposed to down through the box, so you, you kind of have to reach way up in there. And I was in the freezer, and I raised my hand way up in there to pick out what I needed, and there was a lady standing there, and I said, I don't think I can handle another cold spell. I, I don't think I can handle another winter because I just don't like it because... But, but you have to understand something. You have to understand something within the season and divine visitation from God. Sometimes there is a season of barrenness, but yet when there's that season of barrenness, there is something that is growing underneath that we can't see. There is something that's growing inside of you. There is a seed that has been planted, and a seed is something that has died. And when you and I can get to a place where we can allow things to die in our life, then we'll grow and we'll flourish. 
just like a morning glory garden. Have you ever seen a tree that you just should have cut down because it just was not? I mean, in the middle of summer, nothing on it. But you wait. And you think, no. I went out there one time to a saw. I had a saw in my hand. It was a small tree, about like that. And, and I was just going to cut it down. And I went to make the first act. I went to make the first saw, and I stopped. And I thought, I'm not going to cut this tree down because there could be something growing underneath that I can't see. The next spring, the tree came out greater and bigger than it had ever done within the time that we had lived where we were. See, there are hopes and dreams that God has birthed inside of you, that Satan has tried to rob from you, but you cannot allow Satan to rob your hopes and your dreams. Look, church, we should not be going through miserable days. I hear people all the time, they say, oh, this day's been hard. Yeah, we all have hard days. We all have rough days. We all make tough landings. We all make, you know, we, I know we all have trouble at some point of our days. Even on our worst day, he loves us. Yesterday, I w was going to meet Barb because Barb has a huge vision for, uh, to, to be able to help uh, in domestic violence and and, and, uh, and children and a lot of different things. So Barb's already looking at property. So I went to look at a piece of property with her yesterday um, <coughs> uh, up through 19, and, and I went out, and I, I guess I was there, but I wasn't there. City boy. But something ironic happened. I'm sitting there, no cell phone service, and I can't find her. I thought the rapture took place and I was left. And so I thought, well, I can't leave her a message till I hit the main road again or and it was a long time after that before I could hit the main road. And it took me up through Stonewall Jackson and I caught 79 back through there. But on my way, now you think of this. On my way, and, and it, this just tells you that we are not in control. Because on my way, <coughs> driving up that road, uh, there was a guy doing jumping jacks in the street trying to get me to stop. I was driving Lindsay's car, which we call Shaniqua. It was beginning to rain just a little bit, and it was starting to, starting to, to glaze the road, and you could tell that it was. And this guy stops me in the middle of the road, and I look up, and there is a, a car that has just hit a telephone pole and was tore up bad. 
And the girl, I could tell when I rolled the window down and, and there was a girl on her phone uh, and she was trying to get service because she, I didn't have service and she didn't have service where she was. And, and she was screaming and she says, I've wrecked my car. And she says, and someone is hurt within, the, within my car. And, and so I look and there's a, 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 a young girl and, and I couldn't see her face because her hair had covered her face and, and she was slumped over. And I says, I'll go call for help. I drive about a mile before I saw anybody. And there was a lady that was across a field probably between here and, and maybe the school. And, and I, I just yelled out the window to her and she she heard me, and I said, do you have cell phone service? Do you have a house phone? I said, there's an accident a mile away with injuries uh, down 19. And I said, I, I need for you to call, uh, call for help. See, when we think that we're late for something, many times we're right on time. Not saying that the car or two cars or three cars that could have come up after me could not have called 911. But God has a divine appointment for you and me to be at the right place at the right time. And as I was driving, getting ready to get on the interstate, I mean, we're out in the boonies, man. I tell you what, I mean... Here come a sheriff and an ambulance. And they were 10 miles, at least 10 miles from the scene. <laughs> God speaks to us. He tells us when to leave and sometimes. Do you know that this right here, think of this. This right here on your morning, when you get up in the morning and you're getting ready to leave to go to work or wherever you're going to go, that right there could save your life. You say, well, what do you mean? Dropping your car keys? Yes. It can save your life from an accident. Have you ever been on your way somewhere and if you'd have been on time, you'd have been in a wreck? God knows what he's doing. But you have to let him be in control. You have to crucify your ego. Crucify who you are. And, and, and say, God, I need you. <coughs> because what I'm doing is not working. And we need that divine visitation from him. Abraham called his son Isaac. Because God had spoke to him. We need... A visitation from God to break the long season of barrenness within our lives. What has God promised you? What would you like to see released out of the barrenness of your life? When you think of barrenness, that word means a lack of stimulation or idea. Incapable of producing offspring. <laughs> See, I believe that there's many of you that may have a book in your heart to write. There, there's people that may have, uh, have ministries that need to be launched. 
I, I believe that there's people that, that, that are here that instead of you going to bed to another preacher, there may be somebody out of this church that God will birth. There may, there may be a song that will be on YouTube that, that comes from this church and not from another church. Not saying that that's wrong, but let me tell you something. God has put gifts and talents inside of you, and you cannot let those go to waste. <coughs> but many times what happens is we allow circumstances to stop us. We allow circumstances, what we're going through in our lives. And yes, I know some of you are going through some deep, dark things. But don't think that you're not growing through those things. God is teaching you through those things. God is helping you through those things. Which brings me to the next point, that there is divine help and provision. There's that removal of barrenness, and then there is also that divine help and provision. A visitation from God has a chain reaction. When people hear that debt is falling off of you, and that you are being healed, people will come early for your seat. A visitation from God, I'm going to repeat this again, maybe I'll get a response. A visitation from God has a chain reaction. When people hear that debt is falling off of you, when shackles are falling off of you, and when you are being healed, you will pull on Elk Street and there will be no parking places. You say, well, where are they? They're coming. They're coming. I know they're coming. Because my eyes have seen the glory. And I know they're coming. A visitation from God will break a long season of famine within your life. I think it is so important, and, and this was a recommendation that, that John Sandy had spoke to me one day about. He said, when, when God does something, people need to tell you. People need to, to, to share it and, and to be able to, to let people know. It's, it's very important that you, that you do that. You know, today, I don't know if you know this or not, but I think, our, I think we dropped the ball on this one. But today is invite somebody back to church day. Invite somebody back to church day is today. I read a statistic yesterday when I found out that this was, this was uh, the day. 80% of people that you invite will come to church. But only 2% within the church will invite somebody. I pull into the house, I don't know what day it was, I got stuff in my hands, laundry. When I stay a couple days, I got clothes and this and that, I've got a bunch of clothes over there now, but I always bring, you know, this and that, and got my shoes in my hand, and a lady walks down the hill, over by the car, 
she's got a son in, in, her, in her arms, and she's walking with her son. And here I am with a pile of stuff in my hands, and I say, hey, how you doing? And she says, good, how are you? I said, I'm doing great. I said, I'm the pastor here. And I said, why don't you come and visit us? She says, okay. And I says, let me put this stuff down. And I said, I will walk over to the church and we'll give you some information about us. There's cards out here just right in the lobby. I encourage you to take two or three of those things because it has our website, all of our information that we have. But one thing that you have to do, and, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not harping, but let me tell you something. If 2% are trying to grow a church, it's going to take an awful long time. It's going to take an awful long time. You say, well, preacher, you should invite people to church because you're the pastor here, yeah? We should all invite people. All people are wanting to know is that you care about them. Before you can help them, they need to know that you care about them. And when you know that you care about them, Christy sent me a, a, an email the other day about the number one teacher uh, that, that was voted the number one teacher. And, and that was one of the things that he said was the fact is that you have to let people know that you care about them. See, I believe that the pulse should be a place where people know that Jesus loves them and that we love them. I think it's so important. The third thing about a divine visitation, we need divine help and provision. But the third thing is that we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We must have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That will bring forth revival in the communities, but it starts at home. It doesn't start within the four walls of the church. It starts at home. It starts in your relationship with Jesus. Where are you with him? Are you griping and complaining about things, or are you having revival in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trouble? Are you dancing with God over the waves? <coughs> Let me tell you something. You're going to beat your head against the wall until you turn it over to God. It's not going to get better. You can't make it better. You cannot do it on your own. You have got to have help. You know, they teach you that in school. You know, when you hit the upper education and you, uh, you hit master's degrees and different things like that, uh, they teach you that. They teach you that, that you, don't need, <clears throat> you don't need help from anybody else. And, you, you know, the, the, um, the president, John Allison, when I was with BB&T, he was the president. And, and uh, he absolutely would just drive me silly when he would talk about, because he was agnostic. So it was all about him and about nature and about this kind of thing and about that and, and, and this kind of thing. It's like, you, you know, you just have to do it your way and you have to do it this way and, that, and all this kind of thing. And, and I'm thinking, well, that's the craziest thing that I've ever heard. Because let me tell you something, where I was raised, I need help. I need God. You cannot depend on yourself. You need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. From the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and throughout church history, 
We understand visitation of the Holy Spirit to be a time of outpouring, bringing refreshing and empowerment to God's people. Anybody need refreshed? Chick-fil-A, man. God is in their lemonade. Anybody can, I mean, I know you don't have one here, but I can be at one in 10 minutes either way. And I'm telling you what, they even have an app. So, I called Lindsay and Will, and I said, I'm at the town center. I said, I'm driving, driving by here, and I felt chicken teriyaki call my name. It's not that expensive, and you know. And I said, I'm gonna stop by. I said, I'm on my way back to Scott Depot. I said, I'll stop by and get us something. So while I'm in line getting chicken teriyaki, anybody know where I'm talking about the town center? God is in it. I mean, it's almost like when you walk up when you walk up to the when you walk up to the to the place where you pay. It's it's almost like you feel like you're getting slayed in the spirit. It's like you just begin to. I mean, it's just it's like powerful. It's like, and then they bring you a sample. Come on back, John. They give you a sample. And I look over at Chick-fil-A, which is around the corner. A buddy of mine owns it, Alan Smith. Great people. Played music with him at Pro Some, and he's a wonderful guy. I look over, and there's this huge line. So I go online thinking I'm smart. So I go online, and I order my, my large lemonade. Because I don't do caffeine anymore, so I've drank enough sweet tea to sink a battleship from over there. But so I got the lemonade. So I go on and order it, and I pay for it, and boom, it's done. I get my three chicken teriyakis, and I walk towards, and I know that there's an angelic light that's following me the whole time. Woo! And I walk over, and I see. 10, 15 people in line. And I thought, I've done it. I ordered on the app. It is ready for me. Those 10 or 15 people were or also ordered from the app. There were three people in line to order just like we normally do. You have to be careful with your carnality when you're even at a restaurant. Don't bust line. Oh, I got it. Got the chicken and I got the sweet uh, and I got the, the lemonade too. And then I think we went to the gym that night. <clears throat> God is calling us to repentance. Acts chapter 19. See, and, and, and I think I misspoke one time here about this. Because I said that, you know, for us to follow Jesus, we have to, uh, you know, to be saved, you have to follow Jesus. And, and I left it at that. And, and I thought, okay, there's got to be more to it. And I knew that there was more to it. But a lot of people, they, they get away from this particular verse because they, they think that it's, uh, it's old-timey. Well, there's sometimes you cannot help some of these scriptures because they, they mean what they say. Uh, and you have to be born again. And, and in Acts chapter three nineteen it says, 
repent ye therefore and be converted. I mean, how many more ways can that be, be said to you? That your sins may be blotted out, glory to God. How many people knows your sins? I know my sins. And, and I know some of yours because you've told me. But thank God that my sins are blotted out. If you have asked him into your heart and life and you have been born again and you have prayed this prayer and you have repented, then your sins are blotted out. It's a time of refreshing that your sins are, are being blotted out. And I remember on the farm where my, my grandmother up in Lewisburg had and my uncle, there was, a, there was a, a spring that was back on the hill and I had a black hose that ran out of it. And you could, you know, if you were cutting brush or whatever you were doing, this city boy, yes, I did spend a little time on the farm. I knew where that was. And, and so anyway, I, I, you take a cup or you just take the nozzle, whatever, and you just drink. Let me tell you something. It's so refreshing when the world has burning you up and it's not let me tell you something the hottest day of the year was on Tuesday <coughs> I should have been preaching about hell all day there is nothing like coming in and being refreshed by the Holy Ghost when the world is beat up on you all day or all week We need to repent and be converted for your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Does anybody here today need to be refreshed? I mean, you have been, your tail has been kicked and you just absolutely cannot function any longer because of the things that the world has done to you what people have said about you and what things have gone through in your life let me tell you something yes we need a time of refreshing there are three ways to position for a divine visitation when God moves on our behalf or in the lives of others it's not because we deserve it It is on the basis that Jesus shed his blood on Calvary and that his Father has favor and mercy upon us. We cannot earn his visitation, however. We can position ourselves to enter into what our Father wants to do within our lives. The key to having divine visitation lies within our relationship with God, listening to him when he speaks. So the question is today, what does your relationship with God look like? Is your relationship with God one-sided? Is it all about you? Is your relationship with God all about you? And about what you can get out of Him? I want to tell you that your relationship with God is, is not about you, it's about Him. And it's about him having his way in your life. So what's your relationship with God look like? Well, you know, I don't have a relationship. I haven't read my Bible all week, and I only pray when I need something. And, and so, you know, I, I come to church on Easter and Christmas or just every now and then. But, you know, what? 
is our relationship like with Jesus? Because I certainly like to be around people that have a relationship with Jesus. The question is, is how does it make you feel when you have plans with somebody and they don't call or they don't show up and they continue to cancel on you? How does that make you feel? It makes you feel like you've been stood up. How do you think God feels when we stand him up on a regular basis because we won't spend time with him? I mean, I would be hurt if, if somebody continued to cancel on me. Yeah, things happen. People can miss and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, I completely understand that. And, and, and it happens. And we know that that happens. But one thing that you have to understand is that, and, and this is something that we need to do on a regular basis, is fellowship and spend time with God. Because we need him. For us to have a divine visitation from him, you have to give yourself the opportunity to spend time with him. He's always willing to be with you, but are you willing to be with him? And then I say this, we spend time with what we love. So is your relationship one-sided, or do you not even have a relationship? And then let me ask you something. You may come to this church, and you sit in here time after time after time, but yet you'll, you'll, you've got the white-knuckle syndrome. You will not get up, and you will not, make a, uh, uh, you will not do what uh, Acts chapter 3, 19 says, to repent, and, and, and because something happened in your life that caused you to walk away from God, and, and you no longer want any part of him, but yet, why are you here? Think of that. Ask yourself that question. If you don't want a relationship with him, why do you come here? I mean, is that a, is that a good question? I mean, there's things you could do. I used to love the 9 o'clock service at Maranatha Fellowship. We were out at 1030. We were at their grocery store. And, and we were in the pool, baby, by 11, 1130. 11.15 at the most. In our backyard. The people at Kroger thought you were a heathen because you were out shopping. Hey, baby, we were church. Why do you come if you're not building a relationship with Jesus? If you're continuing to hit your head against the wall, well, say, well, I like you, preacher. That's why I'm here. Well, I'm glad. I like you, too. Well, you may like the music. Great. Do you know that people decide whether they're coming back within two minutes before they've even heard a song by the time they come in the front door? You decide whether you're coming back or not. Is your relationship with God one-sided? I'm not trying to beat up on anybody today. I'm just trying to hit reality. Time is short. We got to get people in. There's people in burning buildings that are family members. But we walk by, just like that car wreck. We walk by, we drive by, and we look at it. But we don't do anything about it. We go to family reunions. We, we see people on a regular basis that we love and that we care about. But yet, we're not concerned about their soul. Talking about a divine visitation. So the question is, 
How does it make you feel when you made plans and somebody continues to cancel time after time? The second thing is this. That was A. B is this. Seek God in all of the following areas of your life. You need a fresh infilling, infilling of God's spirit within your life. And then I want you to examine your life and say, is there an area of your life that needs a breakthrough? Is there an area of your life that's not where you need to be? Then let me tell you something. God wants to break those chains within your life. But let me tell you something. When you realize, uh, and I had uh, Mike Spangler, a dear friend of mine, who absolutely used to drive me nuts, you know, when I worked for him. But yeah, I learned so much from him. He told me one time, he said, you knucklehead, quit hitting yourself up against the wall and listen. That's what he told me. When there's areas of our life that need breakthrough, we need to ask God to help us for the breakthrough. Then we need to seek a relationship with the non-Christians that are around us in our lives. And then number four, we need to look for a shift in the season. And then we need to seek God for revelation. See, Jeremiah 29, 13, we know what Jeremiah 29, 11 says, but we, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me, and you shall search for me with all your heart. So when we pray, we acknowledge that we cannot fulfill God's plan through our own efforts. But we need His help. Can we not agree? Because of obedience, God asks us to do something specific. What is God asking you to do specific? An act of obedience can bring a powerful breakthrough to you or to someone else. You are not on your watch. You're on His. Sometimes if you're not able to fulfill something that God wants you to do, you need to try to make it happen because it's important. As we move into a divine visitation from God, it will take you to a new level. From visitation to habitation. He wants us to have a relationship with Him. But you can continue week after week after week to, to work through the things within your life and, and every altar call that we have. And, and we can just we could just absolutely just Pray and pray and pray. But you are the one that's going to have to change. It is time for you to change and quit doing it on your own. Crucify your pride. Crucify who you think you are. Somebody asked somebody one time, they said, who do you think you are? He says, I know who I am. Who are you? I'm a child of the Most High God. I have rights because the Bible tells me that I have rights. But not only do I have rights, but I have promise. I'm a promise. I'm a possibility. 
I'm a promise with a capital P. And you are too. Where are you today? Where are you with him? Lindsay, you going to be able to sing? Where are you with him? Would you stand to your feet? And I want to ask you to stop gripping the pew and catapult yourself to your destiny. Well, if the preacher will say just this one thing, then I'll, I'll know it's my sign to go. Let me tell you something. Because you walked in these, these doors of this sanctuary, you're not here by accident. You're here because God has called you. He has things for you to do. I encourage you to have a divine visitation, the visitation with God. He wants to do great things with you. He loves you. He cares about you. Where are you with him today? If you're unsaved, I, Acts chapter 3, verse 19. You must repent. You must be born again. You must ask him to forgive you of your sins, the things that you have done. You don't have to confess everything that you've ever done. We'd be here for hours and days. All of us would be. But all we need to do, say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me for my sins. And I believe the word of God tells us that he said that he would blot out your sins. What happens when your sins are blot out? That means he doesn't even remember them. He doesn't remember them. See, that's why that it's so hard for you to get a hold of that song, Blameless. Because you just live like a devil and you think, how can God just love me and I'm blameless before him? Let me tell you something. If you are blood-bought and he has saved you and you are walking in the commitment that he has given you, then guess what? We are blameless. He sees the blood. You say, oh, God can never save a man and an old wretch like me. Yes, he could. And yes, he will. Where are you with him today? As Lindsay sings, the altar is open. And I encourage you to step out of your seat. Crucify your pride. And say, I have got to have help. Because I cannot continue to go down this road like this. I'm miserable. Anybody in the house miserable by the way that your life is going? Only God can change it. And you say, well, I need a three-point step or a four-point step of what he's going to do. I can't tell you what he's going to do. But it's going to be a whole lot better than what you're doing right now. The altar is open. Some of y'all should be running to this altar. I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again and again. to him. Run to him.
step out. need him today. Run to him, would you? If you left this world today and you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to hell, what are you going to do about it? If you knew today a senior, his heart stops on the football field over in Roan County this past week, do you think that he expected that to happen? Gone just like that. Heart stops. Nothing wrong with him. Where are you with him? It's time to accept him. Today is the day of salvation. It's your day.
Lindsay didn't know what I was preaching today. She told me she had a song for altar today, but I, I never listened to all of it. How did that line up? I'm sitting up here preaching, and then you come up here and you give me. It tells you God's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get your attention. We didn't even talk about it. We just she said, I got a song, fine, go, boom. Got the sermon. She wasn't there. She didn't hear any of it. I mean, for what I was when I was doing sermon prep, she I didn't say, here's what I'm preaching on. God is trying to get your attention. The time is short and it's time to draw near to him. Jesus you continue to speak to people's lives continue to speak to their hearts Father Lord for transformation to take place Father in their lives and I glorify you and I praise you God for what you're doing and I know that people are coming we're calling them from the north the south the east and the west to come into the kingdom of God for Braxton County for a great revival to take place for people to be saved people to be healed people to be delivered chains to be broken It's a theme of what I know that you want to do here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for an awesome day, Lord. Thank you for a great day. The souls are coming into the kingdom all over the world today. It's a miserable day for Satan because we hear he hears the name of Jesus echo throughout eternity. And he can't stand it. Oh, but we call out your name today, Jesus, because we love you. And we praise you. Oh, and I thank you that you helped me today. Woke me up this morning. Helped me drive 82 miles without an accident. Worship you, Jesus. Pray for that family where death has come over in Roan County. But that senior father I pray over their family Jesus I pray that accident that happened yesterday that I was there I just pray in Jesus name for healing that will draw people back to you Jesus the people 18 years ago that were killed from 9-11 and the terrorist attack I lift up those families oh and I pray for a divine appointment I pray for revelation I pray for a move <coughs> we need a move we need revival, Jesus. But it starts at home. It doesn't start within the four walls of the church. It starts at home because you are the church. Oh, I pray for a hunger and a thirst for righteousness over your body today. Over, over the body of Christ today, Father. And we glorify you and we praise you and we thank you for it. Because it is in the name of Jesus that we ask these things and we pray and the church says... Amen. Be blessed this week.